Today's episode is part two of a two-episode series on the topics of inflammation and exercise response. Make sure to catch part one in last week's episode where we discussed, one, the benefits of acute inflammation, two, the risks of chronic inflammation, and three, when to use heat and or ice as a modality to manage inflammation. Today, I'm going to share with you, one, how our body responds to exercise-induced muscle damage, and two, types of heat and ice therapies to manage pain and other symptoms related to your injury. So let's say you just hit the gym hard or hiked a new trail your muscles aren't used to. What happens to your body? How does it respond? When we exercise to a level of intensity where we are challenging and stressing our muscles, we create these micro tears within the muscle. When you are on your third set of lunges and you feel your glutes are beginning to fatigue or you're in the gym on the leg press and your quads are starting to fail you, you are challenging and stressing your muscles. This damage in the muscle triggers an immune response. And it's this immune response that triggers swelling, stiffness, soreness within our muscles. When an immune response is triggered, so much happens at the cellular level. But for the purpose of this episode, I'll completely oversimplify the details. Trust me when I say it's important to know some of the basic processes so that you have a better understanding of the immune system's function in muscle recovery and why resting your body is so essential. After a tough workout, damage to the muscle occurs, and this is normal. Then, specialized white blood cells and stem cells called macrophages and satellite cells remove the damaged muscle cells, then repair and rebuild new muscle fibers. And this is a normal response to exercise. However, it's important that you allow your body ample time to repair and rebuild new muscle before your next workout. I recommend 48 to 72 hours of rest every week. This way, your body's immune system is not on overdrive. When the immune system is constantly working, these specialized cells cannot function at their highest level to repair and rebuild. Let's say you have rotator cuff tendonitis and you've been in shoulder pain for three months or longer and your immune system has been on overdrive. This is not a normal response. You're in a chronic state of inflammation, and chronic inflammation causes many problems. One of these problems being the inability for your body's immune system to function at a high level, thereby limiting muscle regeneration. Muscle recovery can't be achieved if you're in this chronic inflammatory state. Exercise-induced muscle damage causes symptoms we're all familiar with, including muscle soreness, muscle stiffness, a temporary decrease in muscle strength, and swelling. All short-lived, right? Well, maybe not if you're experiencing delayed onset muscle soreness, which is pain in the muscle 48 hours after a workout and can last for 48 to 72 hours. These effects of exercise-induced muscle damage have motivated researchers to find the best strategies for optimizing muscle recovery. To take away that feeling of not being able to sit and stand off the toilet after a hard workout would be amazing. Come on, we've all been there. Although I do love the feeling of being sore, it means that I did all the right things during my most recent workouts. But I do get these questions a lot, like, what's an easy way I manage these symptoms with heat or with ice. 
And if you know me, of course, I'm going to hit you up with some of the science and some of the stats. I don't just pull my recommendations out of nowhere. There was a study from the Journal of Rehabilitation Medicine, and this study reviewed 32 randomized controlled trials. These are the Beyonce of all studies. The study looked at 10 different interventions in response to exercise. These interventions involved either hot or cold therapies and aimed to reduce delayed muscle soreness. Some of these interventions included contrast water therapy, cold water immersion, cold packs, hot packs, ice massage, every hot and cold modality you could think of. Before I give away the most effective hot and cold treatments, I'm going to talk about a few hot and cold therapies that are fairly new, including contrast water therapy, cold water immersion, and cryotherapy. Starting with contrast water therapy, I actually had to research this because I wasn't very familiar with it. During contrast water therapy, you are immersed in cold water at about 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Then you get out of the cold pool and switch to a pool that's set at about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. The idea is that you are turning your blood vessels off and on like a switch between vasoconstriction and vasodilation. If you think of inflammation as a clogged hose and you're trying to free up the inflammation, you have two options. You can blast the water pressure to push the clog up and out of the hose, or two, you can squeeze the hose to force the clog out. Contrast water therapy works similarly. Our blood vessels respond to contrast water therapy by contracting and expanding. With strategic use of any hot and cold therapies, you can push out the inflammation. It just depends on how big the blockage is, which therapy is the most effective at removing it. The next intervention is called cold immersion therapy. You've seen all this hype around cold plunges, right? Well, in the purpose of our discussion, the cold water immersion therapy for pain reduction after exercise was not as effective as the other therapies. The intervention involves immersing yourself in water at about 51 degrees Fahrenheit for 11 to 15 minutes. The last intervention I'll describe is the novel modality of cryotherapy. This therapy involves exposure to extremely cold, dry air for short periods of time. The purpose of this type of cold therapy is to reduce muscle, skin, and core body temperature to stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, reduce tissue metabolism or tissue breakdown, reduce inflammation, and reduce the sensitivity of pain receptors, all for decreasing pain. Have you ever seen those cryotherapy chambers? That's exactly what I'm talking about. You have a cloud of vaporized liquid nitrogen surrounding your neck as your head sticks out at the top of this chamber. It's really cool. I've never tried it. The only time I had the opportunity to try was when I was pregnant, and obviously it was dangerous for the baby to decrease my body temperature so significantly. So no, I did not try it. One day. Okay, finally, the results of the study. So they looked at which intervention was the most effective at reducing muscle soreness. They tested at 24 hours, 48 hours, and greater than 48 hours after exercise. And all interventions were effective at improving pain levels. All hot and cold therapies. So which ones were most effective? Within 24 hours, the study found that the hot pack was most effective for pain relief. Within 48 hours, the hot pack again won for most effective for pain relief. 
and at greater than two days after exercising, cryotherapy ranked number one for pain relief. In other words, the day you exercise, use a heat pack. It'll be the best for managing muscle soreness. Within 48 hours of exercise, use a heat pack. And within greater than 40 hours, use cryotherapy. But cryotherapy is expensive. On average, a 10-minute cryotherapy session is between $60 to $100. I would understand why you wouldn't want to pay that kind of money, especially when we're talking about exercise-induced muscle damage here. The muscle soreness we experience from exercise is short-lived, so why pay up when you can expect your symptoms to resolve in a few days or so for free? Exercise-induced muscle damage causes symptoms we're all familiar with, including muscle soreness, muscle stiffness, a temporary decrease in muscle strength, and swelling. I hope you now can quickly describe to a friend with confidence that acute inflammation is normal and necessary to fix and repair our muscles. I hope you are now motivated to shut down long-term inflammation and encourage muscle repair through the application of heat and some rest. A simple hot pack will do, and it won't cost you a pretty penny. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you received some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper Podcast. Just click the plus button at the top of the Exercise Proper Podcast show page on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review when you scroll to the bottom. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time, guys.